Team Angel Wolf is a Dubai family story that has inspired thousands over the last few years. Nick Watson joins us to explain how it all started and share some of the special stories that have happened so far. Welcome to Dubai Works, a business podcast about the innovators, the products, the services, and trending topics. Loving Dubai's take on the business stories that matter. My name is Richard Fitzgerald. I'm the founder of Augustus Media, publishers of Love in Dubai, Love in Saudi, and Smashy TV. Each week, we'll be interviewing the dynamic business leaders of Dubai. Nick, yes. welcome to Dubai Works. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to have you on and to chat more about Team Angel Wolf. So for those who haven't been inspired by your journey so far, how do you, how do you introduce Team Angel Wolf? Um, well, look, I think we've got to go back about five years. Um, well, actually, no, we have to go back a lot longer, actually. Let's go back to uh, Rio at six months. Um, so up to that date, we thought everything was fine with Rio. And um, one day we were happy moment, um, bathing Rio, so six-month-old little baby. And um, I was in the bath, he was laid on my chest, and all of a sudden he, um, he went blue, completely floppy and stopped, stopped breathing. And fell into this unconscious state. Of course, we panicked, we jumped out to the bath, and we rushed down to the hospital. And after about seven minutes, he came out this first episode. And um, but by the time we got to the hospital, the doctor looked at him, checked him over and said, looks okay, and sent us home. Of course, we'd, we were in shock. We had no idea what had just happened. And that was the first of his seizures. Um, the next day, he had another one. Two days later, he had another one. And from then on, every seizure was lasting about seven minutes. So obviously we were timing them to obviously to tell the doctor. And we realized obviously something wasn't right. And um, we started to see specialists and um, it took us on a journey. It took us about four and a half years. And within those four and a half years, we traveled not only here regionally, uh, we ever spent a lot of time back in the UK, Great Almond Street. Um, and we found um, we then saw one great specialist that diagnosed Rio with a part of a chromosome missing. So we're all made up of just over 22 pairs of chromosomes along chromosome one. And we had a bit that was deleted. And um, that led us to kind of finding out his condition. His condition is super rare. So it's named after the part of the, the, uh, the, part of the chromosome that's missing. Mm. So it's called 1Q44 deletion, which leads to all the difficulties that he still has today. So the seizures are still there, but very different. They're not as kind of full blown as they are, it goes into, you know, a little bit, um, what's the right word? You know, it just goes into a dazed phase and you can see it starts to dribble a little bit, but they don't last too long and they're not kind of an unconscious state. Yeah. Um, uh, severe learning disability. So most things are a challenge for him, you know, um, uh, just learning skills in general, even balance and stability is still hard for him. I took him for a walk this morning as we were walking up steps. You know, I still got to grab his hand, mm. you know, as he finds his balance. Okay. Um, and he's still in nappy, so you can imagine life is a, a little bit of a challenge. And then... How old is Rio now? Rio's 16 now. Mm. Um, but it led to about five years ago, I had a little bit of a health scare myself. And as I came out of hospital, um, you know triathlon, my goal was to go back to Hawaii and okay. do Kona and yeah. go back to the World Championships because I was there in 2003. Uh, actually, the, um, the story, quite simply, Rio, um, my wife was pregnant with Rio, and I always remember turning to her around to her and saying, look, one day I want to come back with my son and daughter. Amazing. And one day we will. <laughs> um, and obviously the story unfolded. But um, yeah, I'd, as I came out of hospital, um, they found a tumour in my colon, 
which was a bit life-changing. So for me, it was like, okay, I want to go back. I want to get heavily back into triathlon. I wasn't doing so much, and I want to go back to Hawaii. Um, so I started training and started to train. Obviously, you have to qualify, so I needed to qualify to do another race. I planned Barcelona four months away, mm. um, so I'd signed up for it. And then training and everything didn't go to plan. And uh, as life gets in the yeah. way, living here, and that would have been summertime. I think Barcelona is September, is it? It is so, in September. So, so we were going into the summer, and I wasn't getting the hours in. And you know, distances <laughs> you need to put a lot of hours in. Yeah, twenty-five plus hours a week at least. Um, and then my wife just turned around to me one day and said, look, have you ever thought about racing with Ria? And I was like, wow, typical male, how am I going to do that? You know, I need, uh, how am I going to do it? You know, <laughs> yeah. I need obviously a kayak to pull him and then we need a probably a specialized bike and a push jet. So then five years ago, we did our first race. Um, it was down on the Palm, uh, Dubai International Triathlon. So we swam 1.9 kilometers swim, uh, 90K bike and 20, 21K run. and as we crossed the finish line, this guy, this little boy had this huge smile and he, he, he loved it. He loved it. He loved and you, every you knew from then that this was something that, that Look, he... almost. Um, to be honest, it was the second race. And the second race, I, st I still love this story. This story is the best. Um, we were out. We were doing the same distance. So it was called Challenge Dubai. Yeah. And um, the, the day of the race, the weather was terrible. Big sandstorms. We get down to the beach and big rolling waves. So we go into the swim, 1.9K, and it was a, it was a tough old swim. Uh, we did get out of the water, get on the bike, and just, you know, just give you some ideas. Rhea at the time probably weighed just under 30 kilos. Um, my bike weighed about 30, 35 kilos. So I was pushing about 65, 70 kilos at the time. Um, but in a sandstorm, it's not easy. And Rio's not very aerodynamic, sits on the chair and the bike, legs open. So life was a little bit tough, but we get on the bike. 60k in we've got about 30k left and you know we've been battered by the wind and it was the first time that i start thinking obviously not, not thinking about me anymore and start thinking about Rio. you know is he okay 12 yeah is he okay he sat on this bike for the last two plus hours he's just been in rough waters in a kayak um and obviously the focus now comes on him um and there's a real special moment he turns around on the bike looks at me and I'm thinking he's probably going to go, Dad, halas, finish, you know, let's do another sport. And he just turns around and just says, Dada, I love you. Wow. And that was it. And I just realized he loves this, you know, in all the conditions and all his difficulties. And we've probably found something unique together. And uh, we finished the bike, get on the run. And as we cross the finish line, he's still smiling. And, you know, since then, we've, we haven't stopped racing. Well, it's incredible. I've been lucky enough to see you on many courses mm. and the community, as many people say about Dubai in many aspects, but the community that you have inspired around sports in is amazing. But actually at the core of that is a boy who's found something he loves. 100%. And you see that almost every time, don't you? He always wants to race again as soon as you finish, even though you might be exhausted. Okay, but we, <laughs> we will generally, most mornings when we race, you know the timings, they start early. So we're normally up at you know, four or five o'clock in the morning to get to a race, to get to a venue, to get set up. Uh, I will not traditionally go in and race, um, wake up Rio. So I'll go into his room and like, Rio, race. And he sits bolt up there. First thing he says to me is, Dada, race. <laughs> so he's like happy. So we go off and race. When we come back, you know, we're exhausted. We've been up early, whatever the race is. And we're kind of chilling out on that day, Friday or Saturday. And he will, he will, he will throughout the afternoon just go, Dad, race, race. <laughs> oh, we just finished like two hours ago. Yeah. So he, he loves it. And I think for all his difficulties, 
sensory is there's a huge sensory stimulation when we're out there so you can imagine when he's in the kayak obviously there's not only me pulling him there's other swimmers about so and there's the splashing of water so you know i think he thoroughly enjoys that and then obviously on the bike same thing we're going quite fast there's other cyclists around mm. and the same thing on the run so he's he's super content so for someone that's done triathlon from the age of 16 um to find obviously in my son um something that he loves now you know and you like you said when he's out he's always smiling everyone comes over and it's like all you see is rio smiling so he's super content and like you know like any father in life all you want is your children to be happy and mm. he found his thing that's amazing and so team angel wolf as well as all the races you do yes it's now it's almost a, a way of life for you and your family yes how has that evolved in dubai and how how has how has that been possible in dubai is it a charity is it a club yeah. Well, look, we um, we started racing five years ago, and then we kind of saw, like you said earlier, what an impact it was having on the community. Um, we'd had a bit of a whirlwind with uh, running our own business. Um, unfortunately, we just lost a business, mm. um, and we were a little bit on our knees, and we weren't sure what to do next. Um, and we'd obviously seen the impact of racing and the community, and our background was always health and fitness. Um, so we sort started to see how inspiring it was, our story, how it was also inspiring other people to get fit, to get healthy, and also most importantly, spreading awareness about children or people with determination. And we were like, wow, this is quite powerful. So we went to the Community Development Authority and we set ourselves up as a, initially as a social club, as a non-profit organization. And um, that's what we still are today. The, the format slightly changed, so now we are in a foundation, so it's slightly different than the foundation and my wife's the founder, I'm the general manager, we have a board of trustees, um, but it allows us to do what we do and all the activities that we do within the community are obviously been approved by uh, the Community Development Authority. Wow. And, our, and our goal is um, very simple, to inspire people by um, not only to get fit, to get healthy by our story, but also most importantly, spread awareness about these beautiful kids. Hmm. Um, and that's what we've been doing for the last, um, just about to renew my license in the last three years, officially with the Community Development Authority, who have been absolutely fantastic with, with what we do. And and they, not only them, but many other people, how, how have the other events, companies, and people kind of worked with you to help spread this message and the different community things that you do? Well, look, um, the, the, the only way we can exist as a non-profit organization is we actually need corporate sponsorship. Um, you mentioned the word charity. We're not a charity. There's recognized charities here within the UAE. So like we to buy cares. And, exactly. Yeah. So we can't do any fundraising. Um, we can't receive any donations. Uh, we can if we get relevant permissions, um, but it has to be something with that's relevant to what Team Angel Wolf needs at the time. Um, so the only way we can actually exist is through corporate sponsorship. So you'll see we have brands that come on board that support us hmm. um, on an annual basis. And um, obviously we display the logo with those big thank yous and everything that we do. And without them, we can't exist. And also as a non-profit, it's the only way that we can actually pay ourselves a salary because myself and my wife do this full time. Hmm. It's just the two of us. But the way the format as a non-profit, I've, I'm the general manager, hence I can receive a salary. So that salary um, basically 
puts food on our table and helps myself and my wife do what we do. And they also support you with logistics like transport and different things that you need to run. Yeah, look, and we've also, we're trying to be smart and even going forward. So even uh, we have Toyota on board, so Alpha Tame have been absolutely fantastic with us. So we have a, a truck from them and they've built us a trailer. Mm. So all our kit goes in a trailer, so it allows us to get to events. Um, so also with our sponsors as well, especially as we're going forward, we're trying to look for other partners as well, like we would partners rather than sponsors, mm. um, that could help us, you know, so if we were um, doing races locally in the region, in Abu Dhabi, etc., or even abroad internationally, which is a goal for us, um, is to have a hospitality partner on board as well. So, yeah, we, we're, we're also, you know, we want to make sure that what we do helps us as well in regards to who we partner with. Yeah, and you you uh, have community events that are yes. open to everyone, like yeah. swims and runs and things. How does that work, and how do people get involved? Well, look, um, obviously our social media is the platform to obviously find out what we're doing. Um, the the two priority events that we do is something called Beach Blast, um, which we're very fortunate. The Fairmont on the Palm have been supporting us for the last um, ooh, for about the last three years. So I have five floating wheelchairs, yeah, um, which are actually magical. So we do a program called Beach Blast. Um, we go to the schools, so I get mainstream kids to come down, and then we go out to the community of people with determination. Um, so we go to the centres and we go to families and we say, look, we generally, every time we do the session, which is bi-weekly, it's on a Wednesday, uh, we'd invite about five to ten children down, and then we invite about 20-plus children from the school. Um, the purpose of the programme is all about inclusion, um, and it's really the kids come down, and obviously sometimes there's children in a wheelchair, so all of a sudden they have to physically help them out of a, their wheelchair into one of our floating wheelchairs and then we just go off on the beach and play. Um, I never brief the kids on a few safe, safety elements in the water um, and it's absolutely magical. So you get the children that come and the first time, some of them we've had in the past that have never met someone with disability, so they're never sure what to do. Um, but an hour later, they are best friends. The yeah. word disability, the word this is all gone and they're all friends and clapping and singing. And it's absolutely magical. So that's one key event. The other Excellent. one's called Together We Can. So I have five running chairs um, where we do a community event currently at Sustainable City, but we'd like to come down to um, Kite Beach, which we're working on at the moment. Um, so we take our chairs down and exactly the same thing. This is a f These programs are free, by the way. Hmm. We ask anyone to come along. Obviously, there's children there with disabilities. And again, it's about families coming, bringing their children. Kids can come on scooters. It really doesn't matter. So it's all about including... Um, people with disabilities into the community and feel that they are part of this fantastic city. And His Highness Sheikh Hamdan, the Crown Prince, actually ran with you guys as well. How did that happen? Look, we've um, we've been super fortunate over the years that um, we've been in some events where he's also been present. And not Is that part of the fitness challenge or in general? Yeah, looking, uh, it was actually a couple of years ago. Tia was actually doing uh, was. Before Dubai Fitness Challenge, they had a Tia is, So Tia's my daughter. Is the wolf. Little the wolf, little yeah. wolf. <laughs> yeah. So Rio's our angel, so hence okay. Team Angel Wolf. So yeah. Tia's now, um, she's 13. Um, and about three years ago, there's a there was a children's junior triathlon down on Kai Beach. Um, so I went down and Rio, uh, Tia, for one of her first time, was actually racing with Rio. So she did what I do. Yeah. So she swims, pulling Rio in a kayak. Slightly different setup on the bike, so she cycles a normal road bike pulling the push chair, which is attached to the back of the bike, and then she ran pushing Rio afterwards. Um, so um, the occasion was she was there, and um, also 
Um, because they've done all different races a different age group, His Highness Sheikh Hamdan came down um, with his little nephew stroke friend and um, uh, His Highness watched him race but was before Tia. And as His Highness crossed the finish line, uh, the opportunity, I just thought, look, I have to go and ask. And <laughs> yeah. I just said, look, I just went over to His Highness and said, look, my daughter is going to be racing with Rio in about the next 20 minutes. If you're free, um, please come down and watch. And he did. He came down and watched, but he more than watched. He filmed it. Um, and I think that later afternoon, he stuck a little video up on Instagram. Yeah. I think it's had like 1.8 million views. Yeah. Wow. I think a million views have been me. Um, <laughs> And that was the start of obviously this, I would say, this little bit of a, a relationship. And yeah. then the nice thing is every time we've generally raced, if we've been at the start and His Highness is there, it's magical. He will always come over and say hello. And the, the, the great part, he comes over and says hello to Rio before yeah. me. Yeah. And I'm like, this that's inclusion for me. Amazing. Um, and yeah, and, and that's obviously been where we are today. Amazing. And you've done so many, what sort of numbers and world records? Like, because uh, I know you keep track of this, but I can't even keep up. How... I'm, we raced yesterday. Yeah. And that was our 210th race. Okay. In wow. five years. Okay. And um, we've covered, because I did the maths the other day, closing <laughs> the year. 6,200 kilometers that Rio has swam, biked, run over the last five years. So that's anything from swimming races, triathlon races, running races, etc., even obstacle races. Yeah. So we do like Spartan and stuff. So we carry Rio, a team of eight, and on a stretcher. And so we take them around the course and any any obstacles, I've got a special strap where I strap into my back and we climb up things. Yeah. So we've done wow. just over 6,000 K. Um, and just give you an idea, that's like the equivalent distance from Dubai to Belfast or Hong Kong. Um, that's how far he's gone over the last few years. And this wow. year, we've just closed now. This was our 21st race yesterday since September. Wow, that's amazing. How do you keep going physically? Like, are you, you must be so conditioned for that many races. Have you not gone injured, fatigued? I have. <laughs> Few things, just niggly things. Yeah, uh, I think that's more age than anything else. <laughs> um, but you know what? Um, my background's always been health and fitness, and one thing I've always learned is listen to your body. Mm. Um, throughout my the week, I try and recover as much as possible. I do the odd training, but I'll be honest with you, my racing at the weekend will generally do one or two races at different distances. Mm. I kind of treat that as training stroke racing, and then I'm recovering through yeah. the week. So my focus is always staying injury free. I look at the race schedule, so we will, you'll see in our schedule, I'm building always up to something. So we did Abu Dhabi Marathon um, 10 days ago. Yeah. Um, so I was building up towards now. We've got kind of a quiet period now, and then I'm naturally now planning the next four months, uh, the next rest of the season after after the new year, um, to see what those races will be. But yeah, we'll throw in something a little bit hard, a little bit challenging as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, it keeps me ticking over. It was very impressive. It's inspiring for many people, including me. Thanks a lot, Nick, for coming in. Pleasure. And really good to talk to you, and we'll Thank continue to follow Team Ninja Wolf in 2020. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Dubai Works. There's more on this episode on lovingdubai.com, and also please do follow our other podcasts, The Love and Daily Live and The Love and Show.